the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Look at the fine print. It's kind of hard when you're looking at a 2,700-page document. That's how many pages are in the infrastructure bill. You know that nobody's going to read the whole thing, and you know that every Democrat is going to vote for it. But how about this? Courtesy of a tweet, by the way, from John Roberts of Fox News, and these aren't his words. This is exactly what's in the document. A, to test the design, acceptance, implementation, and financial sustainability of a national motor vehicle per mile user fee. B, to address the need for additional revenue for surface transportation infrastructure in a national motor vehicle per mile user fee. And C, to provide recommendations relating to the adoption and implementation of a national motor vehicle per mile user fee. Sounds like somebody wants a national user fee. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. And, of course, when you see the word fee in a government document, it's a substitute for another word, tax. That's what it is. We told you yesterday about a plan put out by His Excellency Tom Wolf of Pennsylvania that it would, it would include an $0.08 cents per mile mileage fee. Again, a fee, they're calling it. So Democrats are obviously uh, falling in love with the idea of taxing us for every mile that we drive because of, you know, climate change. And, of course, saving us all from the end of the world because of global warming is very much an infrastructure issue. The Democrats will believe that this is justified. And any Republican who votes for it, by the way, should immediately be primaried if not tarred and feathered and run out of D.C. Uh, Democrats even have initials picked out for this thing, VMT. That's Vehicle Miles Traveled. So would you like to have, say, Sandy Cortez or Nancy Pelosi in charge of, or Kamala Harris uh, in charge of checking out how many miles you drive every year? See, the Democrats want everybody to have an electric car, uh, which is unbelievably stupid, of course, but if everybody does have an electric car, the money that they collect from federal and state gasoline taxes goes away. This is what you get when Democrats control everything. And when there are too many gutless Republicans around to stop them, they come up with things that will absolutely make things worse. That's what they're working on now with this. But I think you can bet that there will be some kind of VMT in your lifetime, either on the state level or federal or both. Meanwhile... You being forced to wear a mask sometime in the future is also a good possibility. When we come back after this break, we're going to talk to uh, one of the top experts in COVID hysteria. That would be Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, and ask him about, among other things, what's happening in Texas and Florida, and when or if he sees any end to this insanity. And in our second half hour, it'll be time to grade the stinking media. Professor of Communications Jeffrey McCall of DePaul University will be here for that. Stick around.
It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 831-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty. Warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family. And not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 8.36, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176 and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. We agreed. It's time to try something different. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Sun's out and shades are in. Get your home summer ready with custom window treatments from Blinds.com. Get a high-end look without the high-end price on our most popular outdoor shades. And transform your backyard into the perfect weekend oasis with light-filtering shades that help block UV rays without obstructing your view. Plus, right now, we're offering up to 35% off everything, making it a breeze to upgrade any room in your home, indoors or out. With over 25 million blinds sold and 35,000 five-star reviews, there's a reason why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatments in the world. Whether you do it yourself or have them handle the install from start to finish, Blinds.com makes ordering custom window treatments online easy with free shipping and a 100% guaranteed perfect fit. Sunshine and barbecues are in the forecast. Upgrade your backyard and window treatments with Blinds.com today and enjoy your new view all summer long. Visit Blinds.com today to shop up to 35% off site wide. That's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions. 
Restrictions may apply. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, it's hard to believe that uh, we're five days into August and still talking about COVID hysteria. Uh, Joe Biden and his media flax are pointing to increased cases in Texas and Florida and trying to portray the governors there as being irresponsible and dangerous. So, so what's going on? Well, Jay Bhattacharya is a professor of medicine at Stanford. He's one of the co-authors of the Great Barrington Declaration. And he was one of the first experts to try to calm COVID-19 hysteria. And he joins us now. Jay, thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, so uh, can we talk about increases in cases in Texas and Florida? Um, should we be alarmed and should Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis be feeling the heat right now? Okay, so I think one very, very important point, when you look at the data, uh, the recent data on COVID, and you see this not just uh, in Texas and Florida, where you definitely see this, but also all around the world where cases have gone up uh, recently, is there's a decoupling of cases and deaths. The cases go up, but unlike in previous ways where deaths follow, the deaths follow. This happened in the UK, happened in Sweden, uh, this is happening basically every, it's actually happening. It's happening officially people who are vaccinated, especially older people vaccinated against the disease because the disease really harms old people the most. Uh, so Florida and Texas, in fact, much of the United States has had an enormously successful vaccination campaign in making sure older people, certain chronic conditions are protected against the disease via vaccine. Uh, we should, instead of having political infighting, we should declare a big victory. We've, we've made an enormous step against this virus. It's We turned it from something that was quite deadly to, like, to a certain segment of the population into something that's less deadly. Uh, we've now a much more manageable disease than it once was, thanks to the success of the vaccination campaign. So I'm confused about the, the political the politicization of this. It seems like we should be coming together celebrating what we've accomplished. Uh, they are, when I say they, the media and the Democrats uh, are really focusing on cases, case numbers, in uh, especially in Florida and Texas. Uh, is that all political, or could it come from just ignorance, or both? Uh, yeah, so, you know, if you, when you look at the number of cases... We think about what happened last year, and we think to ourselves, deaths are going to come again. But the disease is very different this year than last year because we've vaccinated the old. The old have a thousand-fold higher risk of dying from the disease than the young. But by vaccinating, we protected them. In place after place, Israel, uh, in, in, uh, in, in the U.K., in Sweden, where cases have gone up, uh, even though cases have gone up, the deaths have not followed. The same is happening in Florida. The same is happening in Texas. You're seeing a rise in cases, but you're not seeing the same rise in deaths because we've defanged the disease. We should be celebrating around this fact rather than doing this political infighting that I've been, what I've been seeing. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I'm not a doctor, uh, and I never played one on TV, but I think about this all the time, and I hear the average person in the street will say or you know my friends family they'll say who cares about the cases nobody's dying not nobody but you know what i mean it's it's yeah. what you just said um the cases uh it's uh, uh, one of the cases uh, i mean one thing that's included in, in a case is somebody having the sniffles right 
Yeah, I mean, there's a range of clinical presentations from basically nothing at all, no symptoms at all, to very mild symptoms, to the to the deadly viral pneumonia you've seen. That deadly viral pneumonia is much less likely now, thanks to the success of the vaccination campaign among the old. So I think uh, we should stop fearing the disease as if it were the you know the black plague. It is not the black plague, and certainly it is much milder this year, thanks to a great success that we've done have of this of this campaign. Um, and I think uh, I think that's part of the problem like we still have in the back of our heads this fear that we had last year but we need to stop thinking about it that way we should start thinking about it like a disease like there's 200 other pathogens in common circulation among humans uh, it's one of those now and we can deal with it like it, as like we normally deal with it we don't need to stop our society to deal with it uh, not that that it worked very well to do that last year but we certainly this year it makes no sense to you know, sort of segregate people on the vaccinated, unvaccinated, uh, stop, not give our kids in-person school or force them to wear masks so five-year-olds can't learn how to read, uh, spread the fear. None of that was productive last year. And it's not, neither, it will not be productive this year if we do it. And it will, it, it, it's not necessary, even if it were productive, because we've defanged the disease with the vaccine. Yeah. And, um, People in the media uh, and the Democrats, and sometimes that's the same thing, but um, they 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 always use the word safe. And they say, I'll hear uh, like the president of, of the teachers union will say, we're just concerned with keeping the kids safe. And I, I have the same question now that I had eight months ago, maybe a year ago. I don't know. Safe from what? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think that's the problem, right? So for some people, safe means this disease disappears from the face of the earth. Yeah. The problem is that this disease will never disappear from the face of the earth. It is at this point. So dogs can get the disease. Cats can get the disease. Uh, you know, mink, we know, supposedly bats can get the disease. The disease is harbored by other animal species. And potential, and, and the theory is, anyways, that like, it can spread to humans. You, even if you were to somehow eliminate it in humans for, for a short while, you know, I can give you evidence that that's not possible, um, you, you could spread back to humans via animal spread again. You will never be safe in that sense from this disease. Safety from the disease comes from being vaccinated against the disease, especially if you're old, where the disease is most ad- is deadly. Yeah, and if a 16-year-old kid... Uh, if, if a 16-year-old kid does come down with COVID-19, should it be looked upon, as it is, I think, by way too many people, as something tragic, as though it's... it's no. I mean, that's exactly right, John, and you're absolutely right. It's not tragic. It's it's a it's a, it's one disease that they you know a sixteen year old kid can get mono right and and they'll they'll get sick for a while and sometimes they have lingering symptoms but that doesn't fundamentally alter the lives of most sixteen year olds who get mono. This is less severe than the flu for kids, and yeah. yet we 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 don't shut society down to prevent a sixteen year old kid from getting the flu. But school systems and and the people who run them everywhere in the country are, you know, they're terrified right now. They got, you know, two or three weeks before school starts here in Pennsylvania anyway. And uh, they're just they're running around like crazy. Just, oh, should we make them wear masks? Uh, uh, Should we open schools? What happens if they get, you know, we get a kid gets it? What what, 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 we can allow them to play football? I mean, it's and it's. It's they're they're it's all wasted energy, isn't it? Worrying about it, these kids. 
It is uh, it is wasted energy, and it's worse than wasted energy. It it takes away opportunities for our kids that harm them for a lifetime. Uh, so, so let me let me just make a plea to the teachers and others. You, what, what teachers do is uh, the most important thing that anyone does in our American society. Right? We, tr- we you all help je- train the next generation of, of children so that they become good citizens, knowledgeable citizens intelligent um that what teachers do is absolutely vital to the development of kids to 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 let your fear about covid which you can address by vaccination when most teachers already have to get in the way of that incredibly important work that you all do as teachers is is a mistake it's a it's a violation of the vocation of what what you know the what what you would of the vocation that you have um Go back to teaching the kids the, the way that you know how to do, do it best, and, and that will and without fear. You're vaccinated. You're you're protected against severe disease. The kids are not a threat to you. We're talking to Jay Bhattacharya. He's a professor of medicine at Stanford, one of the co-authors of the Great Barrington Declaration. Uh, Jay, you provided the science that uh, DeSantis in Florida relied on to make his decisions, uh, and I think he's been public about that. At least I, I can remember you guys had a. Um, you guys had a, uh, a panel discussion, if not, if I'm not mistaken, YouTube yep. put it, took it down. But uh, <laughs> are, are you any less confident now in the information you gave him in March? Than- no, I'm, in fact, I'm more confident. I mean, I think what what we've seen is exactly the the the, the right way. What, what Governor Sanders does is exactly the right way to deal with the virus. To recognize it's a deadly threat for the older population and some other some other folks with some chronic diseases. Prioritize them for protection with a vaccine um, and, uh, you know, can continue to encourage vaccination, but in the meantime, don't disrupt society. So Florida schools last year were 100% in-person open the entire time. Unlike m- much of the rest of the country, m- much of the country, like for instance, my native California, children there had a more or less normal year. My children weren't not in physical school for very, very much of last year. And much of what they had was just this disrupted, uh, str- strange schooling that didn't allow them to develop, uh, you know, enjoy time with friends. Uh, the academics were disrupted. That, I think, is the experience of many, many people in places that didn't follow such a policy. Uh, that Sweden followed this policy of keeping their schools open fully in person last year. Not one Swedish child died. And the teachers, actually, even before the vaccine, had less disease than other people, uh, uh, other essential workers. Um, now that the vaccine's in place, there's no reason to fear at all. Uh, we should go back to our normal, give our kids a normal school year. Let them have a, have a uh, you know, I think we, we've basically in some ways stolen their birthright by, take, by giving them this fear, uh, this guilt around spreading the disease when really it doesn't, at, at this point, uh, it, it makes no sense to keep counting cases or fearing the spread of cases when we've defanged the disease the way we have. But but that's not going to go away, is it? They're going to keep counting cases because they don't know what else to count uh, when they should be counting deaths. And what about hospitalizations? Uh, I guess I should ask you about that too. Yeah, so so hospitalizations are something that that you know every flu season the hospitalizations go up. That was true. In, if you go look back over the last 
decade of news stories, you'll see our hospitals, hospitals in some local hospitals are close to being uh, close, close to capacity or something. Hospitals are supposed to run close to capacity. That's how they, that's, I mean, they're, they're built that way. Uh, the, if you look on the, uh, for instance, in Florida and Texas, I think it's, it's still 88% or 87% of inpatient beds are filled. I mean, 13% aren't filled. Um, the, the hospital beds in, tech, in, in Florida are not overrun. Um, most places in the country last year, actually, the problem was that even though people were scared of running, overrunning hospitals, they stayed away to, to not get cancer treatments, keeping the hospital beds empty for COVID patients that in many places never came. Um, the hospital systems are designed to treat patients. Let them treat patients, that, that, uh, and some COVID patients will be needed to be treated. But unlike last year, where many, many of them died, that's not, the, that's not true this year. In other words, we're doing a better job treating it. We're better, doing a better job preventing it. And there's met much, much, much less reason to fear. This is the good news that the media should be telling everybody. No, I wouldn't count on that happening. Um, so, I'm doing my best, though, John. <laughs> I know. That's why I have you on. I've got, got a couple minutes here. What, what is your advice for people on vaccines? I think especially if you're older, please get, if you haven't been vaccinated yet, I, I, I very strongly recommend that you get it. Uh, for, for children, it's, I think it's a much closer call. Uh, maybe see your doctor and talk to the doctor about whether it's wise or not. Well, what about the, um, the long-range effects and, and, whether, and, and how well uh, we know anything about that, if at all? About- I mean, I, th- I think the long-range effects are, you know, we, we've only had the vaccine around for eight months. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like for the most part, a safe vaccine. There are some safety issues that have been identified. So, in children, for instance, uh, young people, uh, there's a higher rate of myocarditis or heart inflammation after the vaccine. Uh, for young women, for for the Johnson Johnson, there was a, a higher rate of of, of uh, blood clots identified. And for and, and there's some very very rare neurologic side effects for for older people that incredibly rare. Uh, uh, so. I'm just about out of time. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, I got one minute. I want to ask you about this. Uh, who's more likely to get COVID-19 today, someone who's fully vaccinated or someone who already had it? <laughs> I think that natural immunity is very, very complete. I, um, if I had to place a bet, I'd say that the, the person who's vaccinated is likely to get, get it more. But, you know, it's very close. Both natural immunity and vaccination provides very complete protection against severe disease. It doesn't prevent you from getting it again, but you're much less likely to have a severe outcome when you get it again relative to what you had before. But if I go to the drugstore and get a uh, test to see if I have uh, antibodies, um, nobody care. The, the, the government uh, officials who are making all these rules, they don't care about it, do they? They don't it, look at it. Yeah, it's, it's really strange. I don't understand why you would deny the efficacy of natural immunity. I'm not saying intentionally get the disease. What I'm saying is that if you have the disease and you recovered, you are pretty well protected against, against reinfection. That, there's an incredibly strong body of scientific evidence to establish that. We definitely should acknowledge that. And if you're going to make dis, dis, you know, discriminations based on, people, on vaccination, we should include natural immunity in that as well, if you're going uh, to do it at all. Hey, Jay, I really, really appreciate you coming on. I'm out of time, and I hope to have you on again. Uh, actually, I wish I didn't need to have you on again, but I have a feeling I will. But, but. <laughs> I'm, I'd be glad to go back into anonymity, John, but uh, it's good to be on your show. All right, thank you. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. State lawmakers are telling New York Governor Andrew Cuomo that their ongoing impeachment investigation is nearing completion. 
The governor says he will not resign over sexual harassment allegations. Richard Trumka, president of the powerful AFL-CIO labor organization, has died. The 72-year-old Trumka had served as president of the federation, which represents more than 12.5 million workers for more than a decade, and has been a close ally of the Biden White House. At the White House, President Biden said Trumka was, quote, more than the head of the AFL-CIO. He was a very personal close friend. The president said Trumka died while on a camping trip with his grandsons. Trumka died of what is believed to be a heart attack, a source familiar with the matter said. He led the AFL-CIO as president since 2009. Bernie Bennett in Washington. And on Wall Street, all three major indexes are up significantly. This is SRN News. This summer, we all want to reconnect with friends and family, and the team at Legacy Box can help you make the most of your time together by enabling you to revisit classic memories while creating new ones. Legacy Box is an affordable way to have footage of family trips, weddings, and other milestones trapped on home movies and photos safely stored on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. The process is remarkably simple. Just follow the guide from Legacy Box's all-inclusive kit, and their experienced team will create digital copies of your videotapes, film reels, and photos. Soon you'll have everything saved on the format of your choice, along with your originals. Imagine highlights from the past, digitally preserved and always ready to share, whether you're telling stories on the porch, relaxing by the pool, or gathering for a barbecue. Even better, Legacy Box is offering 50% off this week. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this limited-time offer and ensure your past is always within reach. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 50%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. AM 1250, The Answer, The Mike Gallagher Show. Thousands and thousands of illegals streaming across the border, many of them COVID positive. you got to hear the way the DHS secretary under Biden characterizes this border crisis. This may shock you. The DHS secretary blames Trump. Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250, The Answer. Plan your outdoor riding future today with a brand new Indian motorcycle from Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh. Hi, this is Dennis Prager. Demand for Indian motorcycles is at an all-time high, but due to COVID-19, supply is very limited. Don't miss your chance to reserve yours. Stop in and make your deposit today before the riding season is over. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh in Warrendale, next to Jurgles. Visit pitcycles.com. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh. Always wear your helmet. Never drink and ride. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabet on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do. To protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
Bill Solon on the Parkway East, inbound 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound, really busy Boulevard of the Allies up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Outbound 28. Your delay about 8 minutes from Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. Parkway West congested inbound. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. 79. Seen though it's slowing from Weavertown Road, Cannonsburg up to South Point Boulevard. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250. The answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see mainly clear skies. Expect a low tonight of 63. Times of clouds and sunshine for tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 87. Mostly cloudy skies tomorrow night with a low of 67. Saturday will be warm and humid. We'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine. Expect a thunderstorm around in the afternoon. We'll reach a high Saturday of 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, these are not good times for Chris Cuomo. His brother's been exposed as a major league creep and is about to be impeached. Uh, His ratings, Chris's ratings, have been in the toilet since about 15 minutes after Donald Trump left office. So what does CNN do with him and how will the media avoid portraying Andy Cuomo as the creep that he is? Uh, Jeffrey McCall is our guy, a go-to guy on media ethics. He's a professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic for The Hill and FoxNews.com. And he joins us now. Jeff, good to have you back on again. Thank you very much, John. So uh, I don't know where if we should begin. Let's start with CNN, I guess. Um, I mean, I'd like to talk to you about ethics, and I know you have to talk to your students at DePaul about this kind of stuff, and it's something that uh, you pay attention to. Um, can CNN, can they ethically still put Chris Cuomo on their air every night after finding out that he, number one, helped his brother not only come up with a defense, but may have helped him trash his accusers? Yeah, this is a real dilemma for CNN, although I must say, so far, CNN doesn't seem to show any shame over this at all. I mean, if you looked at kind of all the standards and professional codes of ethics for like the Society of Professional Journalists or the Radio Television Digital News Association, those sorts of things, they all talk about conflict of interest. They all talk about professional standards. Um, And when you get right down to it, Chris Cuomo has violated all of them. And one of the things I'd want to know is while he was advising his brother on damage control over these harassment allegations, did the CNN brass, the executives, even know he was doing that? And if they didn't, if, if this is one of those things where they're in trouble either way. If they did know that and they let him go on with a straight face as a news correspondent, anchorman, every night, then that shows how kind of ethically vacuous they are. If they didn't know and they were getting snookered by Chris, that should, you know, I would think be a a fireable offense. But CNN shows no shame, and I think they kind of want to just kind of hunker down and hope this goes away at some point. But the Andrew Cuomo saga, the governor's saga, is going to go on for a while now. I mean, think about this. I mean, the harassment charges are out there. Uh, The impeachment thing, if it goes forward, is going to be out for, that's going to be a dragged out process. Uh, who knows if there will be civil suits down the road. But Andrew Cuomo, the governor, is going to be a new subject for a long time. And how does Chris Cuomo, with a program in prime time that CNN calls a news program, by the way, I'd rather they call it an analysis program or a commentary program, but right. they, call him an, they call him a news anchor. Yeah. How can he continue to sit in prime time going forward 
when this is going to be a big story that's going to drag on forever. And now, interestingly, of course, they don't have him doing any stories about his own brother anymore, which is, I guess, a small step in the right direction, but that he's, you know, holding court over an hour of prime time where they don't cover the governor's scandal at all is just amazing to me. I, I believe that's what he did uh, the other night when the, when the report came out from the attorney general of uh, New York. He went on the air and said, we're talking about COVID-19 tonight or something like that. And, and yeah. uh, he just uh, he didn't mention it. Yeah, it's kind of like overlooking the elephant in the room, to use that borrowed expression. Uh, and, you know, CNN covered it a little bit before and CNN a little bit after, you know, with Don Lemon's show. But, I mean, the bottom line here is even CNN is still running pretty good cover for Governor Cuomo. They're not covering this nearly as much uh, as, uh, you know, Newsmax would or Breitbart or Fox News, certainly. Uh, and even the major networks are not really going wall-to-wall on this. I mean, they're not really that interested in a scandal for somebody who a year ago was the hero of, oh, you know, the, co- the COVID response and um, a, a candidate for 2024 presidential race already. Uh, and so, I mean, all, all really, really all these establishment news organizations have egg on their face for how they, uh, you know, uh, adored Governor Cuomo over like a seven, eight month period a year ago. Uh, and, and by the way, it wasn't like completely out of the blue when these harassment things came out and the attorney general in New York announced it earlier this week. I mean, there, there have been hints about this for a long time and they just weren't willing to go there. Yeah. And, and I, I worked in TV for a long time, local news. And I, and I think I have a pretty good idea of what a news producer does and uh, you know, what his or her job is. And, you know, you mentioned about Andrew Cuomo, I mean, uh, Chris Cuomo, uh, going on the air and not mentioning the story for an hour. Uh, There's a producer of that show, I'm pretty sure, and I don't think it's Chris Cuomo. How does a producer not say to Chris Cuomo one of two things? Chris, you're not working tonight because this just doesn't look good. You know, we can't have you talking about your brother. Or if you're going to go on the air, we're going to do this story. We can't not do it. Right. I mean, and again, his his ratings are in the toilet. It's not like he's a, a superstar that anybody would miss if he walked out the door and was never seen again. So how does a how does a producer, or even above the producer, whoever the the executive producer is, or whoever the executive producer's boss is, whether it's all the way up to Zucker, how does how does somebody not make a phone call and say, hey? I'm watching our show tonight, and I don't see any mention of this guy and this guy who happens to be the uh, governor of New York. You guys going to be talking about him tonight? Because that's yeah. what would happen on a local level. Oh yeah, well they've clearly circled the wagons, and and it has to go to the top. I mean, it has to go all the way up to CNN President Jeff Zucker, because I mean he's got enough clout to call down into that newsroom and say. Uh, we're covering Governor Cuomo tonight during Chris, Chris's hour. Now, Chris can't cover it, I believe, and that's true. Yeah. But they could certainly say, Chris can introduce the show, he can do his vaccination segment, he can do his segment on infrastructure, but then we're going to break for 10 minutes, we're going to put a different correspondent on the air, and we're going to cover Governor Cuomo for an hour. I mean, you just can't in prime time not do that. And, and you know, one of the interesting things, too, is, you know, I mentioned they're circling the wagons, they're protecting a guy, as you said, who has really crappy ratings. And I'm just thinking, why are they going to this extent to protect this guy? And I think it's all just coming down to ideological protection. They're willing to protect him. 
He's, you know, a hero of the of the left, uh, and I think they just don't want to upset the sensitivities of their uh, liberal viewers to say, oh, we're going to kick off one of your darlings uh, and the brother of, you know, Governor Cuomo, uh, even when he deserves it from a, a media ethics standpoint, and frankly, he deserves it from a rating standpoint, if nothing else. I mean, even if you could forgive all the ethics breaches, at a certain point you just say, this guy's ratings are bad. We can't afford to have terrible ratings during prime time at 9 o'clock on a cable news channel. And if, you know, who else should be screaming bloody murder is Don Lemon. Because when Cuomo's ratings are terrible, that's a, that's a bad lead-in for Lemon's show. Now, Lemon's show is nothing great to, sh- you know, crow about either. Right. But you, the, the lead-in, I mean, the number one, you know this, the number one factor to how many people watch any given show is how many people were watching the previous hour. Right. Right. Which is uh, why, which is why Sean Hannity is glad to have Tucker Carlson leading his show right. on Fox News because Carlson's got three or three and a half or four million viewers a night, and many of them will stick around because they were already watching and they can promote Hannity's show during Carlson's. And so Don Lemon at CNN should be saying, "Hey, maybe it's time to make a change. I want a stronger lead-in because it's hard for him to generate his own audience." Well, I've been wondering, uh, and I was going to ask you about this because I, I have some numbers here on the ratings, but. You know how these people are keeping their jobs from the top guy all the way down to the the most minor producer. Uh, when you produce numbers like this or don't produce numbers like that, uh, you you end up losing a job. But uh, and we're talking to uh, Jeff McCall. He's uh, a professor of communication at DePaul University. Uh, again, I, I, having worked in television and worked around TV stations uh, for most of my for half of my life, anyway. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm wonder. I don't know anybody who works at CNN. I don't know if you do. I don't know anybody who works there. But it used to be, at least I thought it used to be, that when you worked at a station and you saw something like what the how CNN was accommodating Chris Cuomo, that other people, not only the producers and management people, but other people on the air would be complaining and would be upset because it, it destroys their credibility and, and, the, and the, the credibility of the station that they're working for. I just wonder if there's any of that going on at CNN. There should you be. You know, I would like to think there is, and, and there might well be, but it's very uh, quiet on that front. You don't see any leakers. They, they've, they've got control over those folks, apparently. And, I, you know, for one thing, I think they've got a tremendous amount of group think through that organization uh-huh. where they all, they all think alike for one thing, and they're all willing to go to bat for each other. But you would like to think that somewhere, somebody in the entire CNN superstructure has got enough gumption uh, or backbone to be able to say, this is not right. This, this needs to stop. We need to cop, stop covering and protecting this guy, not only journalistically, but from an ethics standpoint, and as we've mentioned, from a rating standpoint. And we need to be better here as an institution. But, you know, CNN still makes a ton of money. They make a huge profit every year for their parent corporation. And so, you know, it's not like, um, not, by the way, they could make more if they had better ratings. Yeah. Uh, but they, they still are a cash cow, even with their crummy ratings. And one of the reasons is, you know, f- for every cable company that carries them, CNN, you know, uh, gets a fee. You know, so a, a cable company and... They get money yeah. for every person who watches them on cable. For, yeah, for every, whether those every people watch CNN yeah. or not, whether yeah. people watch them or not. Also, there are a number of corporations that still think it gives them some veritas, you know, some, uh, you know, uh, image Gravitas, building... Yeah. 
gravitas, yes, that gives them some sort of image building because they advertise on CNN. Now, I think they're foolish in wasting their money, but CNN still charges a premium for advertising. So anyway, the bottom line is CNN still makes a ton of money, even with crummy ratings, even with crummy ethics, and really even with crummy journalism. And, you know, in, in advance of our discussion today, I watched CNN for a while this afternoon just to kind of get a reading on what's going on. And on every particular topic, whether it's the economy or COVID or vaccinations or mass or the leader of the AFL-CIO passing away or anything like that, you look at their news coverage, and it, it could have all been prepared by Chuck Schumer's aides uh, yeah. in the Senate. Uh, and so, you know, that, that's fine. That, you know, that's candy for the left-leaning parts of their audience. But for the more moderate or centrist people or folks who really just want to get news, they're not fooled anymore. And that's one of the reasons the ratings have collapsed on CNN. They used to be able to say that when hard news happened, centrist and moderates would go to CNN yeah. mm -hmm. looking for a, a straight approach to the news. But those people now have figured it out, and they're not going to be snookered anymore, and they're not watching. Uh, and so, you know, the corporate parents of CNN at some point are, you know, are going to have to say, well, are, we, are we willing to not make as much money as we should with this cable channel, even though they are making a billion dollars a year profit, uh, are they willing to, you know, they could make two billion if they wanted, you know? Yeah. And at a certain point, they've got to say, this is just not right, either ethically or financially. Uh, but as long as Jeff Zucker's running the show, which he is, and he's been doing this, you know, for eight years now, uh, and he's kind of run it into the ground, and the bosses must be happy enough. Yeah, and um, uh, you know me, CNN is having trouble drawing five hundred thousand viewers in prime time, as you said. Tucker Carlson is getting three or four million, whatever it is. Um, what is the difference between is there or is there any real difference between CNN and MSNBC in content? You know, they're they're pretty much trying to get the same audience these days. I think you know one thing about MSNBC, which I will give them a break for. Uh, is that they're pretty much, you know, transparent that they've got opinion shows with Chris Hayes. You know, Joy Reid is an opinion person. Rachel Maddow is out there purely to do commentary, where CNN still tries to carry on this charade that they're uh, a news organization, that these are straight news shows that they're doing. And they, they refer to Cuomo and Lemon and Cooper as news anchors. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and Fox doesn't refer to Sean Hannity as a news anchor or Laura Ingram, you no. know, they, they're yeah. listed as commentators. And MSNBC has done that, too. Uh, and frankly, uh, MSNBC uh, is, probably does a better job with their kind of consistent, uh, transparent ranting and raving, uh, as opposed to CNN, which is trying to carry on a, a, a charade or a fake-out. Yeah, so, uh, but how long, <clears throat> excuse me, how long... Can you can you go on? Uh, as you said, they they're making money, but still, uh, uh, stockholders and and uh, other people know that they could be making more with a bigger audience. How long can they go on drawing five hundred thousand less than five hundred thousand viewers in prime time? Well, that's a good question. Uh, some of their shows do a little bit better than that. Anderson Cooper's up around eight hundred thousand. Um, uh, Burnett gets about seven hundred thousand, probably. Uh, but that's still a lot less than MSNBC, uh, although I must say, th this is worth noting, too, the liberal viewership is disintegrating kind of across the board, because MSNBC's ratings have taken a real tumble, too, 
And uh, Rachel Maddow is below two million most nights now, uh, where you know she was in Tucker Carlson territory and even beating Tucker Carlson at times uh, during the last year. So mm-hmm. liberal viewership has declined, uh, and I think part of it is. It, I mean, I know this. We're not in an election year. I think part of the thing is they, they've got their administration, they've got control of the Congress, the, the left does, uh, and I think they even left-leaning viewers look at the, the control they have now and see that the nation still is anguishing over any number of different issues, uh, and it's probably just not fun to watch now that Trump's been out of office for seven months, you know, MSNBC and CNN people coming on and complaining about Trump and stuff like that. It's kind of like, hey, you know, e- even the people on the left who love to see Trump beaten up uh, at a certain point have to figure, you know, that's old news at a certain point. Uh, although I must say, this has been interesting to watch this week on CNN uh, on Chris Cuomo's program. Of course, he's not mentioning anything about the governor of New York, his brother, but he's been going after DeSantis in a big way, the governor of Florida. Yeah. And I think that's kind of interesting, too. It's kind of, well, don't look at this. Look over here at how bad this governor in Florida is. That's the real problem down here. So, I mean, they're trying to find new boogeymen, but on a national scale, DeSantis is not the boogeyman yeah, Trump that, was, and Trump's old news. And that's embarrassing what he's doing when he's going after DeSantis. I'm out of time, Jeff. Uh, your uh, students have a good teacher. Yeah, I like, and uh, I, you're kind. And I like having you on the show. I love having you on the show, and I'm sure I'll be bothering you again sometime soon. I appreciate it. I always enjoy our chats. Thank you very uh, uh, much. Thank you. That's Jeff McCall. He's a professor of communications at DePaul University. We'll be right back. summer, we all want to reconnect with friends and family, and the team at Legacy Box can help you make the most of your time together by enabling you to revisit classic memories while creating new ones. Legacy Box is an affordable way to have footage of family trips, weddings, and other milestones trapped on home movies and photos safely stored on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. The process is remarkably simple. Just follow the guide from Legacy Box's all-inclusive kit, and their experienced team will create digital copies of your videotapes, film reels, and photos. Soon you'll have everything saved on the format of your choice, along with your originals. Imagine highlights from the past, digitally preserved and always ready to share, whether you're telling stories on the porch, relaxing by the pool, or gathering for a barbecue. Even better, Legacy Box is offering 50% off this week. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to take advantage of this limited-time offer and ensure your past is always within reach. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to save 50%. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is John Stoggerwald. You know, I used to think that all towels are pretty much the same, but I found out with my pillow towels, that's not the case. Towels just don't seem to dry anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the storage, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found out that around 2006, towels changed forever. They started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good, but they didn't work. He found the best towel company right here in the USA, and they have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. They're all made with USA cotton. They come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. You can get a six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, and two washcloths made with USA cotton, soft and absorbent, regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 for these great radio specials. Everyone has that deciding moment. You know, for me, the moment was when my little girl and I were watching TV on the couch and she placed her tiny little hand on my stomach and said, Daddy, I love your fat belly. 
that was it for me. That was my moment. I took a long look at my priorities, my health, and my body, and it was time to reach out for help. So I did. I hooked up with my friends at Soda Weight Loss, and the unwanted fat weight melted off in no time. I went from 256 to 193 and put years back on my life thanks to Soda Weight Loss. I spent so much time on the treadmill, but before I went to Soda Weight Loss, I felt like I was just spinning my wheels. But once I went to Soda Weight Loss, I let go of 30 pounds, and I've kept it off. So what are you waiting for? Soda will make it so easy with their at-home program so you can let go of that weight and embrace a new, healthier you for the rest of your life. Get started now at SodaWeightLoss.com That's S-O-T-A WeightLoss.com Soda is Say it with me. State of the art. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 The Answer. Well, just in case you didn't know uh, that summer is over, it's been over for a while, but it's definitely, absolutely, positively over in about two hours when the Steelers kick off uh, and the Cowboys, I don't know who's kicking off, but when they start playing in, uh, in Canton in the Hall of Fame game. It's an exhibition game. Uh, they are excruciatingly boring, most of them. But I'll, I'm going to watch tonight. Uh, I want to see the quarterback, Haskins. I want to see... Um, Mason Rudolph also get the play. Uh, I want to see the running back, Najee Harris. Uh, I want to see um, – I'm just th- – these games bore me to death. I, nobody cares who wins, and they're a joke, and they shouldn't uh, – fans shouldn't be asked to pay full price for them uh, with their season tickets. But uh, the Steelers have enough guys to watch tonight that it, at least for the first half or so, it might be interesting – uh, and uh, so I'll be watching that, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit tomorrow. Who knows? But it is a football game, and, uh, I mean, what else is on tonight, really? Seriously. So <laughs> I'll watch the Steelers, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and check you out on Jerk of the Week Friday. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.